Hi, welcome to the sixth episode of Shuffle the Pack podcast. With me, as always, is my co-host extraordinaire, James Wagstaff. And joining us today for a very special few minutes, we've got a broadcasting legend, Nat Coombs. How are we doing, Matt? Oh, how you doing? Good to see you guys. James, how are we doing? Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. Um, yeah, it's been an interesting week for the NFL, so to speak. So, yeah, an awful lot to, to get talking about. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, right, we're probably, because we've only got a few minutes with the great Nat Coombs, we'll just jump straight into it. Nat, how did you start in NFL? How did you get? How did you get? How did you follow a team? How did you get into broadcasting in general? Oh well, starting the NFL, I was uh, the kid at school that was uh, flying the flag for the NFL when uh, no one else really was. So I'm a, I'm a kid of the, a child of the '80s. So uh, that was kind of my era, and I uh, just discovered it one day, turning it on uh, on Channel Four back in the day, and just seeing this brilliant, ridiculous Technicolor game and think you're right I want to know more about this so I was uh, uh, a Dolphins fan I, I, I got sucked into the Dan Marino uh, hype train uh, which was great <laughs> and never amounted to anything significant uh, but nevertheless we, uh, we we love him and um, I never looked back so I was a, a lifelong fan and in terms of getting into broadcasting I, I kind of had an unorthodox route into it I was a uh, a stand-up a live stand-up was how I cut my teeth and, and did four or five years on the circuit and uh, um, and that, uh, I got to, I guess, a relatively good place with that and got an agent uh, as a result of that and started doing TV bits and decided uh, very early on that I wanted to, I wanted to get into, into broadcasting and particularly sports broadcasting and um, got a lucky break uh, because the gig came up on Channel 5. Colin Murray was moving on and uh, I knew the production company that was making it because I'd, I'd, I'd worked with them on a couple of other shows and they said, do you want a screen? T- what do you know about the NFL? They said, <laughs> I said well... <laughs> But you should say that. Uh, so it was a l- lucky break dream gig, and uh, and I haven't looked back, fortunately. I used to love watching you and, uh, and Iron Mike on the NFL show, and even the baseball show you did for a little little period as well. Yeah, um, right. Yeah, good memory. I've, yeah. I've been been a, been a long time fan of yourself. You know, oh, thanks, so, man. Thank you. A little bit of a fanboy moment for me, but we'll uh, we'll gloss over that. We'll edit that. <laughs> <laughs> I won't live. Up, I won't live up to the hype. I'd like Marino. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, well, we'll actually talk about the NFL for a minute then, because that's what we're here for. Uh, the Titans, sixteen people in the organization have uh, tested positive. I think they got it from their bus driver or something. Um, how do you think that will will that have a delay in the playoffs and therefore the uh, Super Bowl in general? How do you think that's going to affect? Yeah, it's a great question because I think I don't think the NFL know the answer to that at the moment. You know, you compare it to the NBA or Major League Baseball, right? Both of which major sporting leagues in America that have played through the pandemic. The NBA obviously adopted a bubble mentality, which everyone's saying isn't possible for the NFL, and that's probably true. But I was chatting to Andrew Brandt. Uh, who used to work for the Packers front office now is um, uh, is a media figure does all kinds of stuff. And Andrew Brandt was saying, he was talking to a, a few GMs who said, well, we're already operating a bubble mechanic, essentially. Uh, uh, not exactly the same as the NBA, but uh, the way that some teams are approaching things at the moment is, is like that. So I don't think it's outside the realms of possibility, but this one giant bubble, which is what the NF, uh, NBA have done, yeah, that, that's not going to happen. Major League Baseball is slightly differently. They didn't. They had to deal with games getting uh, postponed and scheduling issues but then it's a very different sport right they can do double headers and back-to-back games and it's not an issue uh, the NFL can't do that so I think it's a great point you make I think it's almost inevitable that we're going to have a delay in the season at least a delay to the Super Bowl the season rolling into uh, into the regular season rolling into January quite conceivably and and, and the playoffs therefore push back on uh, on our on my ESPN show Marek Larwood was a guest on 
uh, today's episode, we're recording this Monday, and he made a really good point that what happens if we get to the playoffs and Mahomes tests positive for COVID before, you know, a, a Chiefs playoff game? Do they delay the game? Do they, is that fair on the opponent? I mean, so many things that we just don't know. I reckon it's likely that they could opt to go down the, the bubble route for the playoffs and the Super Bowl, potentially, yeah. just because that would be obviously a lot less personnel. You've whistled down the teams a fair bit. And then, obviously, you can try and avoid that side because that's obviously the NFL's worst nightmare is losing their superstars. I mean, the Cam Newton news following quickly after the, the, the Titans news, I pretty much uh, my phone was blowing up, as I can imagine everyone else is on Twitter and the like. And it just goes to show one player the difference that could make. It just For a whole season, if you lose them players for, for a big game, you'd only be doubled because in the playoffs. Yeah, it's a, it's a great point that I hadn't considered, actually. Yeah, to look at the playoffs in a bubble is much more manageable. They might well, as long as they don't do it in Vegas. <laughs> it's open for trouble if they do that. But yeah, no, it's a, it's a good shout. Yeah, no, I'm, I completely agree with uh, with James there. I think probably the better bet would be, because the, is it in Vegas this year or is it in Tampa this year? The Super Tampa. Bowl? It's in yeah, Tampa. Tampa. So, the, so it's quite easy to have like your two teams that you need to be within that city. So it contains everything a lot better. I think it just depends on how the, the, the local government handle the whole thing in general, I think. Um, yeah, so that's, that's probably about as much as we need to talk about for COVID. What about the NFC East? Should they even bother sending people to the playoffs this year? It's <laughs> oh, the bottom God. in that division, is it not? It is the, I mean, that's so demonstrably the worst division in football. Uh, although I do, I mean, the Cowboys are just brilliant to watch. So I can't, I, how I feel about it it's, it, it's like a really bad. It's like watching something like Sharknado or something, you know, where you just, you're just <laughs> so compelling. I wouldn't have your bad mouth in Sharknado. <laughs> <laughs> I love Sharknado. That's my point. It's that's so bad. It's good. And, um, uh, I, I, you know, I mean, I think the, like the, the Eagles, we were discussing this on the show, actually, are the Eagles better than some people are suggesting because of the injuries and maybe everyone's been a bit premature on Wentz. Jumping the shark, no pun intended. But um, clearly, Washington and, and, and the Giants are horrible. And and you know, fair play to Washington. We knew they would be, and there's something optimistic about defensively, but offensively, they're, they're both a mess. The Cowboys are just this whirlwind of chaos. It's just great to watch. I love them. Um, but yeah, horrible division. Did you happen to see the thing that uh, Jerry Jones had said about Dak Prescott uh, last week? Not Dak. Yeah, I think it was Dak last week where. Uh, he tried to compare him to Mahomes and um, another QB. I don't have a stat to hand. Mm. Um, and he basically said that he, was, he wasn't good enough. And uh, with, uh, with that being on his franchise tag, is he, is he going to move next year? Is he going to end up like the 49ers or something? I don't. I mean, that is a, it's a really interesting point. If Prescott, Chris Westling was saying, pushed out on social last night, I think that Prescott's on pace at the moment for something like 6,000 yards or whatever it is. It's insane. So yeah. Ridiculous. So if he, you know, let's say, I mean, he's probably not going to keep at the same pace, but let's say he does have a sort of five and a half thousand yard season or even 5,000 yard season and uh, he's one of the bright sparks in, well, it could go two ways. If they get to the playoffs, I think they've got to, they've got to re-up him. Uh, and if they don't, but it, they don't, despite how well he's playing, then yeah, I, I think that, I think they, he's, he's boxed in, but I would ask what Jerry Jones is hoping for. Like I, I get, of course, 
comparing Dak Prescott to Mahomes is not close, but comparing any quarterback pretty much to Mahomes isn't close. And you've got to be careful what you wish for, right? I think you can win a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott. I think he's a good enough quarterback to do that. And I think he's more than that. And it's a bit like... Uh, a bit like Tannehill, right? In the situation in Tennessee, like I'm not comparing the, the two players, but at, you look at something like Tannehill and you say, why did Tennessee pay, re-up Tannehill, pay so much money when he's been very hit and miss? You know, it was a, they've overpaid for him. He's in the right place, the right situation. He's more than, I think, just a game manager as well. Tannehill, I think he offers more than that. He's a better player than, than that. So it's quite a derogatory term. Uh, and and, it, and therefore the deal suits everybody. It's a win-win situation. I think Dallas are in the same place with Prescott. Like, who are you, who's Jerry Jones hoping for? Is he hoping just to strike gold? I mean, yeah, okay. Is he planning some kind of raid on Justin Herbert and you know and trading up for him? But I mean, um, Justin Herbert, um, uh, yeah. Trevor Lawrence Trevor. in the draft. I've got Justin Herbert on my brain. Um, uh, looking for Trevor Lawrence. Is, is, is that is it that what he's thinking? Is that's pretty much the only realistic upgrade i can see right because by all accounts trevor lawrence is this kind of andrew luck style lock so maybe that's what he's thinking about I, yeah i'm sure they're gonna have to, he's gonna have to do a deal with with uh with that and and that's gonna cost me if they paid amari they paid zeke you know they've they're, they're splashing the cash they've got no defense to speak of so if there's right. right yeah they're gonna be pretty blockbusters to keep watching over the next few seasons if they just keep playing offensive for players Big time. They're going to be like Kevin Keegan's Newcastle of the... Uh, <laughs> the <late. laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I haven't, like, the, the whole situation down in Dallas is, is... I can't work out if it's funny or if it's criminal because like, they've got all these weapons on offense that they're just kind of wasting this season. Um, but they've got like, no defense mm. to speak of. So it's, it's, like, they, the, the situation against the Falcons a couple of weeks ago should never have happened. They should have absolutely smashed the Falcons out, I think. But they Yeah, right. Lucky. Um, and the way the Browns, you know, the Browns run on them that way, when Chubb goes, Chubb has like six carries and goes out, and yeah. and then you know Kareem Hunt and uh, you know uh, a kind of third string, it is ripping them up. I mean, it, they're three hundred yards they ran for him. Mean, it's ins- insane. Does that mean that Baker's actually a good quarterback then, or because that's that's like the big question? He's had what four <laughs> head coaches in his three years or something like that, and, and yeah, he's like a consistent coaching team. But now he's putting fifty yards up against the Cowboys. Is he good or is he not? Well, you know, that's a really interesting question. A couple of things on that. So I think the, the poster boy for, for the point you make, or one of the points you make, which is a really good one, is with the lack of continuity for a young quarterback can be so devastating. You look at Sam Bradford, right? So Sam Bradford was, the, the, as I say, the prototype for that. He had a, like seven different offensive coordinators in his first seven years in the NFL. Like he had to learn a new playbook and something different every year. It's crazy and, and, and clearly has a bearing, right? So the fact that Mayfield's had to deal with this lack of continuity and this quite dysfunctional setup, sure, has, has hindered his progress. But in, the, in terms of the game last night and, and your question on that, I think that's a really, really key point that, so we were doing our, the, our live radio show on TalkSport 2, which is kind of red zone star. So games, you know, fly, scores flying around. It's this weird paradox where you're watching everything, but you're not necessarily watching anything, right? Because so much is happening so quickly. And we were what you know, saw the Landry Southport throw to Beckham and, and Beckham's end around, you know, and all these things happening. And, and clearly the Browns completely dominating things. But it wasn't that straightforward to gauge how well Baker was playing in all this, particularly because they were on the ground. You look at the box score in isolation, you think, hmm. And then I went back and watched, uh, watched, I haven't watched the game in in, uh, totality, but I went back and watched the extended highlights of it this morning. And 
um, and then needed a needed to just a quiet ten minutes of silence after after the <laughs> freight train that it was. But you know, Mayfield was making some good sharp throws, you know, and sometimes we can get a little bit a little bit distracted by box scores and, you know, and I think he looked good. And I, I think, I think, look, I'm not saying Baker Mayfield has turned the corner, but I don't think he, he I don't think we should write him off yet either. No, I think he's under full trust of Stavansky at this point. Do I think he has? Yeah, just because obviously when they got the ground game, both mm. went out yet last night, but with Kareem Hunt and Chubb, it's got to be the best tandem of, of running backs in the league. Yeah, he seems to be leaning very heavily on the run game, which is obviously a lovely luxury to to have. Yeah, based on the number of obviously outs take out the Bengals game, his yardage has been pretty low across the board. Do you think that he's sort of earned that full trust from Stefanski? Yeah, probably not. You're right. Probably not yet. At the same time, I I guess that you could draw a parallel with the 49ers in the playoffs last year and being out in Miami. That's all everybody was talking about all week was, oh, do, do they trust? Does Shanahan trust Garoppolo? I mean, look, and he threw it nine times in the championship. But it's working. Like, if it, if it ain't broke, don't fix it, you know? So, that's an element of that. You know, I don't think, I don't think that in any way suggested that the 49ers don't trust Garoppolo or they don't trust him to win a game or to throw 30 times to win a game. Like, I don't, uh, I don't buy that. And it's probably similar with, with Mayfield. Although, actually, if you gave me the option of either quarterback, I'd take Garoppolo every time, I have to say. Over, over really? Over. Yeah, with, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo, apologist. Uh, I, think <laughs> I, think he's, uh, I think he's a very, very good player, and I think his time will come. Well, the, the, the quarterback controversy in San Francisco is over after last night. CJ Bethard's throwing his hat in the, <laughs> in the <laughs> ring. Yeah. All right, so, so moving on, just quickly, like we at the start of the season, me and James had our uh, NFC and AFC championship game predictions. Do you want to throw your hat in the ring here as well, not? Oh, yeah, okay. So, what you're picking the winner or, or who the game's going to be between? between uh, the yeah, game. the the, fi- the championship finalists. Okay, so I'm going Kansas City. I'm going to go Kansas. I mean, my head says Kansas City. Baltimore, but my heart says Kansas City Buffalo, I think, in the oh, AFC. That's interesting. Because yeah. we both uh, have Kansas City Ravens. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess it depends on the permutation of who's playing who, obviously, in the CD. But yeah, that could, that could conceivably work, I guess. Um, the NFC's harder. I like in Tampa Bay, I really am. I think, uh, I think, and particularly defensively as well, I think that's getting, their defense is getting overlooked because of, for obvious reasons, right, because of not just Brady, but how how yeah at the Tom Brady show and how exciting the offense looks but I mean yesterday that it was the defense it was a common theme I think in in on you know NFL Sunday uh week four was defenses getting offenses out of jail right and Dominican Sue stepping up and that crucial play I think it was a Josh Kelly with the, that it was on and the, the fumble yeah, at the end of yeah, the first half yeah yeah, yeah. And that was a that was game changing I mean they just gifted a, a touchdown to uh, to to the Bucks and uh, Josh Norman's play as well, right? The same thing in, in, in that game. So, uh, but yeah, sorry, back to your question. Tampa Bay, I like. Uh, I'm going to see yeah, Seattle, Tampa Bay in the NFC, I think. That's controversial because you are on a Green Bay Packers podcast, so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think they're very good as well. And I think it's really close. No, I do. I really do. I, I, and look, I'm not just, I'm not just saying this because uh, uh, you've just fed me, but I really, really rate the Packers this season. And I, I'm very excited about what 
I think Aaron Rodgers could do this season, providing he has enough healthy receivers, because he's proven that uh, almost, I guess this is the statement, right? That he doesn't, the fact he's just airing it out. And uh, I heard a really, really sharp take around, you know, just after the draft and the inevitable uh, fallout from that, that I hadn't considered at the time that somebody said, well, look, have you thought about the fact that the, the Packers organization are, are convinced with Alan Lazard or convinced about Lazard and, and Valdez Scantling? And they know that, that, that they are going to step up. So why would you, uh, why would you take a receiver if you know you've got those two, two players? And, uh, you know, what will the impact be if you take a young quarterback on Rogers' mindset? It's, he's going to one or two ways. He's either going to, throw his toys out the pram. He's a pro. Of course, he's not going to do that. Or he's going to be a professional, help guide him, and who better to learn from than Rogers, and at the same time be so motivated and so, I won't swear on a, on a family show, but he'll be so wound up by it that he'll just come out guns blazing. And I think that's what we're seeing. And uh, I, uh, I'm, I'm excited about the Packers. So, yeah, I think it's a very close call. And I would, would not be surprised if, if, if the Packers were in, you know, in the championship game. And I wouldn't be surprised if the Packers won the Super Bowl this year, frankly. I think they're, they're definite contenders. That's absolutely right, random, but I like it. Is that a good save? <laughs> yeah, 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 we'll allow that one. Uh, a couple more questions for you, just super quickly. Uh, MVP front runner for the season? Oh boy, um, Mitch Trubisky. <laughs> no, I, uh, comeback player of the year. I, uh, I think, I think, I think. Well, the, all the obvious candidates. I, I like the the Aaron Donald campaign that's going on a little bit. I think that's a very good shout. I mean, it drives me mad that defensive players are never uh, usually, you know, considered uh, serious contenders for MVP. So uh, you know, Donald's playing lights out. But I. Um, yeah, I think. I mean, look. Obviously, Wilson. Uh, I think all the usual guys would be in the mix. I'm just trying to think outside of the obvious, and outside of Donald, who I think it can be obvious uh, if you want. This is a this is a very amateurish podcast. We're all right with obvious. Yeah, I mean, Josh Allen. I do. I mean, I you know, I'm buying into that. I'm, I'm not saying he's he's a front runner for MVP necessarily, but I mean, he looked good again, Allen. I think he Definitely is top five this year. I think. Yeah, really. Taken the most in, like, improved step of any player in the league comparatively to where yeah. he was last season. I think that there's no player who's sort of become a superstar so as much as him this season. He's really yeah. like, cleaned up his game. You look at his completion percentage, he's gone up, touchdown percentage over interceptions. It's such a weapon. He was already such a threat. He's physical, he's got a build like Cam Newton, so hiring down. Yeah. You couple that with passing ability, which when Cam did that once, they went 15 and one outside of that. He's always been a bit of a shaky passer. Yeah. So he always had the physical attributes, which is why it's so exciting to see because I just I never thought he'd be able to put it together. But I think yeah. it shows they're undefeated thus far and they probably thought we've got to fancy them to, to do well in the, the AFC. I think so. I think that's really well put. I I, uh, I was unconvinced, definitely. Like I, I definitely wasn't not convinced. I was just un, unconvinced. And I, and I felt that he's got that thing that that dynamism kind of he can change a game with one play which not a lot of quarterbacks don't have right and maybe a, a, up to this season a lot of more accomplished quarterbacks didn't necessarily have and he's but he's added that composure marik and i were talking about this on on the pod that we recorded earlier that there are certain quarterbacks that just look like they belong straight away you know i think burrows like that and lawrence's had lawrence on the brain because um 
I mean, there we go. I've done the opposite now. <laughs> Herbert. <laughs> Herbert on the brain. Because he just looked, in that Tampa Bay game, he looked so, uh, just so composed. Like, it just, the four Chargers receivers that caught touchdowns in that game are undrafted free agents. <laughs> I mean, you can make this up. He's just kind of airing out sort of 50-yard bombs to these, you know, completely untested players and uh so he looked good so i think there are certain players that have that com- composure and moxie uh and uh, josh allen's added uh, just a bit of stability to the to the raw ability that he's that he's got yeah he's, he was looking very good in the pocket the last couple of weeks as well and, and still managed to throw 300 yards and rush and then everything i i genuinely think i've got a lot of uh, a lot of uh, love for josh allen this year myself yeah 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 um, We'll finish up with a really quick quick fire round for you now, and then we can, we'll let you get back to all, doing all the other 500 podcasts we've got to do today. Um, <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> right, so, moustache or beard? Oh, say that again. Moustache or beard? Oh, beard. Beard, yeah. Uh, Josh Allen or Kyle Murray? Ooh, these are tough ones. Uh, Josh Allen. Brady or Belichick? Belichick. Uh, Moyes at West Ham spell one or Sam Allardyce? Oh, boys. I'm yeah. team boys all the way. Yeah. Uh, it's much right, better so when he's working from home, though. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> apparently, he's, he's zooming in at half time, apparently. I'd love, love to be a fly on the wall. Well, they should have all or nothing of West Ham this season. That'd be, good. That'd be, that'd be so much better than Tottenham one. Uh, right. Your team is four points down in the fourth quarter. Any quarterback in history to take the game in a drive? Well, it's got to be Marino. Got to be Dan Marino. And your favorite game of all time? Oh. Favorite game of all time? I would have to say, you know, I would have to say it, for sentimental reasons, it's when the Bills came over a few years back because I was anchoring that game uh, for Channel 4. It might be when we moved to the BBC, either Channel 4 or the BBC, either way, anchoring the game. And it was one of those moments that Jim Kelly was our uh, guest in the studio. And like I say, I'm a, I'm a child of the 80s. So, and, you know, whilst the, the Dolphins are my team, I've always had a, a lot of affection for the Bills and they're a great organization and a real football, uh, you know, a, a, a footballing uh, town through and through. And, uh, and of course, that legendary team that never quite accomplished the ultimate goal, but was brilliant. And, and Kelly was, the, was the, uh, the, the general of that team. And he's somebody that, to me, is so inspirational, both on and off the field. And he's had, of course, battles with cancer and, uh, and uh, has been such a, as I say, an inspirational figure to so many for so long. And I got told in my ear, because sometimes you know who's going to come into the booth. Often you know who's going to come into the booth. And then sometimes you get a kind of last minute in your ear and it can be as, as surreal as uh, Nat Commissioner Goodell's going to be uh, coming, <laughs> thinking, great, it's looking over at Carlson and thinking, oh, Christ, there's going to be something, something said here. And, um, and, you know, this was one of those moments where, yeah, we're going to, we, I knew there's a possibility. And it's like, yep, Jim Kelly's on his way up. And I was thinking, wow, that's incredible. So um, uh, for that moment and that, that therefore brought that game all together. And I was sitting there having been a kid watching the, the, the sport on Channel 4 and now, you know, presenting it all these years later. And it, it's easy to let these moments pass you by, I think. And particularly when you're working and you, you're concentrating and uh, there's a huge amount going on you just sometimes got to stop and look around as Ferris Bueller would say <laughs> and, uh, uh, and, and just take stock of what, uh, what is going on. And that was very much one of those moments. So too many hundreds of games that I've, that I've enjoyed over the years, but from a personal point of view, that was, was my favorite. That's brilliant. Uh, James, have you got any more questions for Nat? Um, well, those were the, the prepared questions uh, <laughs> at this point. Uh, well, 
I suppose, dream Super Bowl matchup. Oh, this season, you mean, or ever? This season and ever, so you can pit two quarterbacks. Oh. Yeah, that's great. So I think this season, I would love to see. Uh, I would, <laughs> well, because uh, I think it's Drew Brees' last season. Uh, I think so, right? So, yeah, and I don't he's jumped the shark either. Uh, I think that's a little bit. I mean, I think he's regressed a bit, but I don't think he's um, uh, he's fallen off a cliff, as people say. So I love to see Breeze, Breeze Mahomes. I mean, Breeze. God, actually, any of the the three quarterbacks in particular we've keyed in on, or the teams rather in the AFC as well. So Breeze Jackson, Breeze Allen, all of those would be good. Yes, but but Breeze in the in the NFC all time. God. Uh, it's so many. I guess Montana Marino uh, would have been a goodie. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'll go with that. I'll go with Montana Marino. That's a, that's a good shot. That's a good shot. Uh, uh, all right, probably on that note, unless there's anything else, uh, we'll let you go because we know you've got thousands of these to do today. And we're very grateful for you coming on to, on our pretty little podcast. That's very nice of you. Uh, where else can we find you? Uh, well, I'm on, uh, I'm on Twitter at Nat Coombs and uh, the TalkSport show I mentioned, we roll every Sunday, uh, TalkSport 2 uh, and the ESPN show, the Nat Coombs show, which I have to point out, had nothing to do with the title. <laughs> was, was ESPN. <laughs> I don't want to call it that, but that's what it's called. Available on all good pod- podcatchers and we're rolling out uh, all through the season. A lot of your favorite voices uh, from over here in the UK. So J-Bell, OC, Carlson, uh, a lot of the usual, usual suspects, but a lot of the ESPN voices as well from stateside uh, because we are part of the ESPN family. So uh, yeah, the Nat Coombs show on all good pocketches. Brilliant. All right. Thanks very much, Nat. If you want to come back, give us a shout. We'll, let, we'll, uh, we'll try and find a space for you. I would love <laughs> to come back and congratulations on what you guys are doing. Keep rolling. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Man. Thank yes. you. See you later. Nat.